Welcome to the new Teacher Talk podcast. We are helping you find your passion, learn your craft, and share your successes. Welcome, everybody. How you doing, Pablo? I'm doing great. I'm Summer's so happy going to be well. Here. How's your summer going? Just ticking on by. <laughs> <laughs> it's going quick. Hey, so today, what are we talking about? Well, this is a cool episode. Um, well, you be the judge. Actually, you know, give it's us cool. feedback. Give us feedback on iTunes. Um, we invite you to go leave us a five-star rating and a review. So if you think it's cool, which we do, yes. uh, give us your feedback. And if you have suggestions and questions, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. But to t- the topic today is a presentation that Pablo and I delivered during the last school year, The Dilemma of Systematizing Personalized Learning. We'll let that sink in. Yeah. I'm I'm into it. The, I'm totally the dilemma into it. of systematizing personalized learning. So we're going to go through. Uh, we'll put a link to the slide deck that we use for the presentation. But we just wanted to share a little bit of where our hearts and our heads were this last school year with the work we're doing. Um, so yeah, you ready to dive in? I'm ready to go. I think we're going to start off with a little clip. Um, yeah. So. Actually, before we go there, give us, for context, yeah. give us a little bit of background about what we're doing in the Fullerton School District specifically and yeah. what you're actually kind of carrying that flag for. You know, you're, yeah. you're leading the charge. So let us know what's going on there. Uh, so Fullerton has had one-to-one iPads. Uh, they called the Visible Innova- Innovation Program. VIP. VIP right. <laughs> and so... Um, the VIP program is grades five through eight. Kids are allowed to take their devices home, um, but we have largely um, done one-to-one iPads all the way like K through eight. Uh, and we're actually working on getting those devices home in the lower grades as well. Um, so in addition to that, the district has been a technology leader and a gamification of learning leader with uh, the iPersonalize program and providing gamified units of study is a good way to think about it uh, i think Um, with like leaderboards and experience points and um, all these things where you can rank up and uh, achieve mastery um yeah yeah a lot lot of good stuff going on we've been doing this for about four and a half years now and uh there's been a a lot of iterations throughout the years which which is a good thing and we've learned a lot we just actually came back from a retreat that kind of was a little bit different than years past, um, but it really got the the leaders in the school district who are actually doing some personalized learning at a high level, and we were just picking out the the best of the best mm-hmm. and the things that don't work, and you you ran a great workshop oh, for that, and I think it was a, a really good time, well spent for yeah. everybody. Yeah, yeah, it it was good, and I I think the. Um, the idea is we're we're moving towards personalized uh, learning, and we want to make those options available for our students and also for our teachers. And different teachers pro, uh, approach the curriculum and teaching and their students in different ways. And so one of the things we're working on is just making more choices available for teachers so they're more comfortable going in these uh, innovative directions. And just uh, as a point of clarity, yeah, hopefully this clarifies <laughs> things, There, you might hear out there um, in education, personalized learning versus individualized learning mm. versus differentiated learning. Yeah. And personalized learning 
really encompasses individualized and differentiated learning, if you will. Yeah. But personalized, if you really just want a, a separator, personalized has the student as the focus and they drive the learning. And the other two, the teacher is still the advocate or the leader of the learning, um, maybe individually or in groups as um, differentiated learning. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's clear. I think that's um, like very much needed. I think personalized learning in my experience in other districts, there was uh, more of a kind of approach to try to devise a system that you still sort of funneled kids into sure. and they got a they had choices and um kind of learning paths but everybody's sort of picking from the same menu um it's i mean that's why we did this presentation it's hard to personalize learning in a systematic way it is and you have to give it a chance you have to be willing to work differently and i think that's where tradition kind of gets in the way of our thought process in terms of how personalized learning can work for our students. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, in terms of, uh, you want to play that clip? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Have it ready to go. I think it's right there on your, I got it. I got it. Look at you. Okay. Of education. Students are really showing this increased engagement and this increased uh, motivation to reach higher levels of learning, higher levels of understanding, and that's all coming from within themselves. It makes me want to keep going. I'll be up at night. I just need to get this extra 15 XP points. It's extra 20. I just need to do this. Um, I just have to write a um, summary for this or make this paragraph. Students. So that's a clip from um, Fullerton School District at Orangethorpe Elementary. Uh, students talking about the gamification of learning. And this video is probably two or three years old at this point. Yeah, uh, if not four years old, yeah. <laughs> because that was Kelsey speaking. And she was, I believe, a fifth, fifth grader, grader now. And she just left our school district because we are graduated. K-8, she just yeah. promoted to high school. So wow. good for Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's talking about the kind of student motivation in place uh, because of gamification and having experience points um, in terms of leading students through a like a quest based learning approach. Um, and so one of the things that we re, um, kind of are, I think, reaping the benefit of is a shift in language. Um, in terms of assessments, like we use common formative assessments in our personalized learning programs. And so all the teachers, all the grade levels, as they're going through this, they get these uh, assessment results and then they can put students into a reteach cycle or a respawn, as we like to call it, with along with the gamification language. Uh, like in a video game, if you die, you respawn or you come back to life. Um, but we shifted towards I, saying about a student, I failed the assessment yeah. or I passed to um, we met or did not meet. So um, met or not yet is kind of the new language that we've been able to introduce and uh, sustain largely throughout the district where instead of talking about, yeah, these students failed, we just say they have not yet met. And so that it's, it actually lends itself um, even at the teacher level to a more of a growth mindset about I was just going to say it yeah, aligns yeah. with the growth mindset. That was my interjection, but absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And so all of this, like, where does it come from? We talked a little, I just talked a little bit about, you know, tradition and why are schools the way they are? Um, Essentially, there there was a a production of workers for factories and we created a school system essentially that has classrooms with desks and rows. And we all know that. And we're we're trying, I know I see it out there in classrooms around the country and in our district when we visit other, other sites that Teachers are doing great a great job of changing that yeah. as far as desks, desks and rows. So yeah. teachers aren't having kids in desks and rows. But um, that top down management that's that's essentially what we had. Like that's what yeah. you you know you have the you have the superintendent down to you know down to the teachers essentially. Yeah. Kind of like and, an assembly line. You have the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, factory yeah. manager, and then you have the assembly line workers. Um, and not to put too fine a point on it, but it's almost like the students are the the products we're assembling, you know, just shoving them down the assembly line. And I know this has to resonate with teachers in terms of feeling rushed, like an assembly line, feeling like, yeah, I don't have time to invest in getting to know my students the way I want to. Um, Yeah. But that top down management, it was largely, I think like a model based on efficiency. Like, Like now that we're not in villages and I'm not doing my like apprenticeship with my dad, who's a blacksmith to learn that trade. Now that I'm going into the school to learn, well, the the cheapest, easiest way is line them up in rows. <laughs> line them up in rows. Give them a system of yeah. uh, grading that says, "Hey, you're either gonna you're 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 really just a number. Yeah, you're a grade, a, a letter grade. You're a percentage, and which is horrible. And you know, I see students in my community because I live in the community that. I work in and I see them all the time and I ask how they're doing and I inevitably get the old, I'm getting a B and you know, <laughs> such and such, right? Right. That's really not necessarily what I was asking, but maybe I should ask the question better. Maybe right. I need to phrase the question a little better, but I was just like, how are you doing personally? And essentially I, it saddens yeah. me a little bit to have those conversations. I mean, of, of course we, we get into more details, but if that's the first thing that they're thinking about, yeah, then that sends a message. Yeah, that sends a strong message. Yeah, I think they're tuned in to the fact that schools are about grades and about that kind of performance. So when you see them years later, they want to let you know, "Hey, I'm doing okay. I yeah. I have a B." But the the fact that they reach out to their grade as the marker of how they're doing versus like, "Hey, uh, Mr. Diaz, I'm really happy right now." You know. Uh, and talking about some of the joy of life or some of the surprises or even, God forbid, hey, I just learned this, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Talking about what they're learning. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we're trying to enable more of a shift. So our students as well as our teachers are thinking more about um, where they are on this journey. And the, the journey is unique to them. And it's about them. It's not about the system. And so what's that value proposition then? Yeah. So the idea, uh, the value proposition is that um, if we personalize learning experiences for students, or uh, uh, it's probably safe to say for as many students as we can, as many, as much of the time as we can, uh, then we're going to see greater academic achievement and greater uh, student agency. And how are we going to do that? We're going to do that through passion. Yeah. That's just, yep. that, that is something we are definitely 
at the forefront, I think, in our school district and maybe in the country. I don't know completely, but we certainly are. We have a heavy dose of trying to allow kids to follow their interests, follow their passions. Yeah. And passion can be empty list, too. Like I can say I just love basketball and then what? Okay, what else do you love about that? Yeah, tell me. But the tell me about the it. idea is to to give kids time, um, kind of like that twenty percent time, or mm-hmm. I, and there's some other names out there for it. But genius hour. There you go. There you go. So, but it seems like it's still a, just a pocket, and mm. we need to make it part of the whole school day. Just like reading and writing, you know, the mathematics, mm. passion driven, interest driven. Um, work and research should be done by students and 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 play within yeah. the, should be within there as well yeah and we didn't really talk about this so much in the presentation um but i think the school district in terms of our our responsibility is teaching and learning and preparing students for the future we have a responsibility to families um to to know how we're preparing students for um the future and the future is something we don't know yet and maybe we can't predict it but it's our industry uh and and students uh our students parents have gone through probably mostly a traditional model so we have to realize it's i would say it's more our responsibility because you could look and say well you know it's it's up to the parents to give them boy scouts experiences or you know trips across the country and that's where they're going to discover their passion or have these extra experiences but i would say it's shame on us if we say that's not in our wheelhouse our wheelhouse is just the schoolhouse right and just you know sitting in rows with uh, textbooks we have to really be thinking about like what what's coming up around the bend and how are we preparing students to be flexible enough and um savvy enough in terms of their critical thinking skills and communication skills and Creativity, like all those C's that we talk about, yeah. um, we have to take that seriously. Okay, that's just I just got no, no, my, no, my no, that was great. Yeah, so <laughs> one of our one of our uh, personalized learning teachers in our district had um, a handful of students who were interested in music. Yeah, and I was lucky enough to kind of be part of two of the interviews that they did. One they did through Skype. Yeah, and then one they did live. And I know yeah. you can probably help me out with some of these names, but um, I'm not quite the musician, but it was great though. One of the one of the musicians was the lead guitarist for mm-hmm. Paul McCartney, Sir yeah. Paul McCartney, yeah. which was awesome to see. Yeah, and, yeah. and he was great with the students, and he answered all their questions, and he even had questions for them. And so it was very authentic. Yeah. That's the the point is they sought it out. Well, actually, the teacher helped them find it, this because she has some connections in yeah. the music industry. But they they wrote all the questions, and it was just spectacular to see them engage. Part two of that was a few weeks later, they were able to visit with three musicians live. They came to the school and they sat them down in kind of interview style. It was kind of funny because it was a small little couch yeah. that would fit like three students. But these were big guys, especially one of the one of the guys. I think he's a drummer. I think there was two drummers. Yeah. Um, and the other was like a keyboard, keyboard saxophone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you can name them probably better than I, at least one of one or two of them. Well, I'll tell you yeah, the, t- the band. Yeah, so yeah. Um, keyboard or saxophone is for Green Day. Yep. And then drummer for Lit, which is kind of an alternative punk band. Uh, and then I want to say the other one was Zebrahead. I, I don't. I, I want to help. That was. <laughs> no, I, I believe. I believe that was the other was, uh, drummer. It was just so yeah. cool to watch them engage yeah. with the with these artists and allowing them to 
tell the students really what it's like to be out yeah. there to be, you know, if you, if you have a love for something, yeah. just go do it. Yeah. It's like, go do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't about the money. Cause some of them talk like, you know, yeah. it's a hard life. It's a hard yeah. life, but it's what they love to do. It was really cool to have people who are, you know, X number of years out of school successful by all by all standards as musicians talking to these young aspiring musicians like in a really kind of intimate setting where those students had access to their wisdom and their experiences um it was it was really cool and that's part of that's part of what we embrace in terms of going down this road as passion fueling our our personalized learning approaches is access to people in the field that you think you're passionate about because unless you get that real world feedback and you start building those networks and connections i mean your your passion's only going to go so far you actually need to network and connect with people um to to have that passion um like build a bridge to your future and absolutely and and how do you find out whether you have a passion or or what is your passion or how do you dive into it What's that? I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Oh, we have what's a tool. That? Oh, what's the tool, sir? <laughs> it's Thrively. Tell us about Thrively. Yeah. So Thrively is a strength, <laughs> strength-based assessment program. And um, I think it's initially free to use in terms of mm-hmm. um, anybody can download it. And so get out there. It's T-H-R-I-V-E-L-Y, Thrively. Dot com. Um, probably Thrively.com. And you can fill out a strength-based assessment. And it's a survey. And it basically drills down and gives you like five of, you know, your top strengths or what have you. And then what it allows you to do is create a playlist or mm. kind of suggest different videos to watch within your area of strength. Yeah. And if you said, you know, you started to like say you were a firefighter or a policeman, you yeah. know, the kind of traditional thing, it'll start popping up videos and, and populating different avenues by which you can dive into a, a variety of different yeah. assignments or activities and things of that yeah. nature. You're getting me excited. <laughs> so like we we used to talk in the other districts I was in about um, like having this personalized learning dashboard where like if you miss, you know, this question on the assessment, it'll give you a video to watch about decimals or something like that. And I hope you hear the tone in my voice. Like it's not the same. We were We were claiming it's the same as having your own, you know, Amazon login and you recently bought tennis balls. Do you want to buy this tennis racket? Um, It's not the same. Like, I'm not going to miss the question on commas and then say, I would love to watch a a video on commas. So what's interesting about this is it's feeding students information about their passion and their interests, which they are interested in. (laughs) So, so they're likely to use it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're building the personalized learning platform or system around student passions because students are going to start consuming that content and become more self-aware and um, stronger in terms of expressing themselves around their their areas of interest i mean it was really cool to be around kids and they were kind of like i'm interested in this and it was almost like new information that they were able to articulate i have this interest um like one of the kids at uh, one of our schools um cinematography i mean cinematography vlogging he he looked up to casey neistat and and he had had his ipad all year but he wasn't going outside and filming these like he was not yeah so he was out there and he showed me like panning and zooming and all the stuff he's doing with his ipad i'm like this is awesome so far more than just being engaging yeah this is empowering yeah and that that's it that is a key differentiator yeah 
to other things that we might do in the class that just engage kids. Right. We we are we are empowering the students and um gosh, I lost my train of well, thought. Well, so I'll just hop in right there. Now, but no, I, <laughs> I think that's a good movement from or that's a good way of describing how we are moving from gamification which we largely did to engage. Yes. That was our motive is like how do you engage kids and make the classroom more fun for them and more motivating. So gamification serves that purpose. And then after several years you, you're iterating all the time and we're like, but it's not, we're not yet achieving that empowerment phase that we want. Like largely the districts operating this platform, students are participating, yeah. but the ownership's not there. So um, we started to think, and we have student focus groups and all this, and the iterations we're doing are based on student voice and uh, teacher feedback also. Um but yeah, then you start to think about it. like how do you empower students? Well, you you have to tap into who they are, and then and work from there. I, I believe that that's part no, of that. That that's totally true. And as part of that, I, I figured out what I wanted to say <laughs> is that we are you still have to deliver to the masses, um, yeah. even if you know we're not trying to systematize, but you need to have some type of system. And I think we've had this discussion yeah. about like the word's still there. But the, the, the thing is, we have another initiative called Dream Big that next year, all fifth, at least fifth grade through eighth, eighth yeah. will all take Thrively as, you know, mm -hmm. as a barometer, right, as a as a measure. And so every every student will have a dashboard, will have at least a, a place to go, regardless yeah. of whether the teacher is in yeah. or out, they will at least have a place to go to kind of follow their interest in, in yeah. kind of being a playground of of such things. So that's really exciting. So f moving further, you talked a little bit about, um, hey, how do you deliver this? Yeah. So last year we delivered a really big and conference. exciting conference yeah. for sixth graders. It was just for sixth graders, by sixth graders, for sixth graders. Yeah. Wanna so, talk a little yeah, bit more about it? Yeah, so that that conference was, um, you know, at, a, at a, a hotel facility, like ballroom conference style, where students, um, we opened up the Let's, night I'm, before. I'm gonna, sorry, yeah, I'm going to interrupt. Yeah, go for Leading it. Leading up to that, yeah. what were some of the things we did to support it? Because yeah. that was that was super powerful. Like Coach B. <laughs> you got to tell them about Coach B, maybe, maybe <laughs> not. But B. So we had kind of like a eight or ten weeks of instructional cycles, and we would send out videos of kind of encouragement and guidance and uh, give students shout-outs. Um, so Pablo and I would make these uh, videos that we'd send to teachers to Funny play in their classrooms. Videos. Yeah, so Coach B was a character that, uh, I don't know, somehow came into being. Uh, I just put on a baseball cap, sunglasses, and, and, and had a, a P B, whistle. It had a letter B from one of our schools. Yeah, so yeah. That's how it became Coach, Coach B. B. So we were. So it's interesting you bring that up because that was part of play. And like the role of play in learning can be huge. And if you take yourself seriously all the time and you have these kind of like dire consequences or high stakes testing, that actually can work against learning. So the playful environment um, that we tried to create, even just in our teacher communication, um, that that was key. So we we um, but we only didn't only send out um, videos. We would visit classrooms. Yes. We did this classroom tour where we would talk to the students about the the we were calling it the uh, Passion Agents Conference, which as um, a name we had kind of a contest. Students suggested names, and we we picked that one. Um, we visited classrooms and talked to them about. Um, we were emailing them uh, based on their passions and their assessment scores. Uh,
teachers worked in the after school hours uh, as mentors yeah. and sent them huge. emails and connected with them. But it was all we're kind of targeting down to this like individual communication where like there's one adult reaching out with to you through this one message. Hey, are you going to the conference? Are you going to what's your passion? What are you preparing for the conference? Um, so those are some of the things we had like celebrate success as part of our instructional model where, um, you know, kids like they get, uh, some swag on a Friday, whoever passed the assessment and there's, you know, the teachers play music and they dance the red carpet or, or whatever the teacher does. Um, but we went out and supported those, um, efforts to recognize kids because I think that's one thing we realized in terms of like moving from engagement to empowerment is we, um, we realize the power of celebration to um, kind of move um, people along, teachers included, from just engaging them in a fun activity to empowering them to do more than than they were already doing. It was it was an awesome conference. We're not going to complete it. It was just it, yeah. It was mind blowing. Yeah, it was like, so so great to yeah. see the kids' faces and how excited they were, uh, yeah. whether they were in a regular presentation yeah. room. Uh, like we normally go to as yeah. as teachers. To go That's what I was saying. It was like like the adult conferences we go to. So it was put on by them for them. Mind blowing. It's cool. It was mind blowing. It's very cool. So where do we go from here? Yeah, and that was the question. That was yeah. basically where we ended the conference, and we had some conversations around. Yeah. Um, you know what what are next steps for for people? And we had a lot of questions to us, and we'd we'd love for you to ask us those questions, whether it be on iTunes. Um, or go on to our YouTube channel, and yeah. if you're wa- well, if you're watching it on YouTube, hey YouTube, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, just give us a comment down below, or give us your ideas on yeah. what you're doing to personalize, to individualize, yes. to differentiate learning for students. Yeah, and I think one of the, so we left this uh, presentation with like, where do we go from here? And I think one of the questions I had was, what, how. What language are we not yet familiar with that talks about this shift? And I, I think now I'm actually um, having gone through this presentation several times and having had some time and coming back to it. I think we're really looking for language around shifting from engagement to empowerment. And I think most of my teaching career, um, it's been largely talking about how do you engage kids because we we know that the standards that we have for them are so sure. important for them. And so what are you doing as the adult to engage them so that they'll listen to the standards? Uh, and the shift from engagement to empowerment is an interesting conversation because when you think of empowerment, you think of somebody taking action in the world. Absolutely. And if you think of engagement, it's largely, it's like they're a passive kind of like observer and they're just being engaged. Like I go to a movie, I'm engaged, and after I leave it, it's over. Yeah. So and that's yeah. So we're yeah, we're looking for roots towards empowerment. Roots. <laughs> I like it. All right, guys, that's gonna wrap up yeah. this, this yeah. show. This it. Uh the dilemma of system systematizing or per- systematizing personalized learning. Yeah. So look us up on all our socials that at Pablo good. and Wes, and we'll see you next time. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Connect with us on social media at Pablo and Wes. On Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, and all the podcast places on the web like iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Overcast. And remember to get your free special gift at pabloandwest.com slash gift. Yay! <laughs> <laughs>